Welcome to Mental Money, the podcast that empowers minority women in business to unlock their financial potential. Get ready to shift your mindset, break through barriers, and transform your relationship with money. Join us as we dive into practical strategies, expert insights, and inspiring stories that will elevate your financial success. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, aspiring businesswoman, or just starting your journey, this podcast is your go-to resource for mastering money and achieving true financial empowerment. Get ready to level up your mindset and maximize your money with mental money. Hi, you are listening to Mental Money Podcast. Today we have with us um, Salisha. I said that right. You did. I did. You see? I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm a professional. Thank you. You are an attorney, trademark attorney. Um, and we've been, well, not we, they, they the young ladies that we are that are part of our community have been asking to speak with a trademark attorney for okay. the longest time because um, we apply to a lot of grants, right? Okay. And part of the grant process, we have to put in like our idea, like what do you do and mm-hmm. what do you need the funding for and blah, blah, blah. And they're just mm-hmm. like, and one time I made a comment, I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to apply to this grant because they, there's like a disclosure somewhere that said, if you don't want us to sh- either share your idea or something like that, don't up, like, don't fill this out. And then they I was just like, I'm gonna apply to this, right. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to apply to this one. And then uh-huh. we're just like, speaking of which, how do you not get your idea stolen? I was like, let me get somebody who can answer the question. <laughs> right. That is a good question. So here we are. Okay. So is that where we starting? Is that what we're going to start off right there? No, I want to start with you. Okay. Tell me how you got, how did you decide to go to law school and then decide to focus on trademarks and patents and all like that world of things? Okay. Um, so again, my name is Talisha Rigsby and uh, I wanted to go to law school because I was in and out of the justice system as a child. So with family issues, adoption and all of that. So I just remembered my uh, GAL or my guardian at litem, which is the person that has to come and check on you and make sure things are good. And he was an attorney. And so for me, I just kept thinking like this man has so much power. He makes people feel good. Um, and he was the nicest person throughout the process. So I just remember thinking like, I'm going to do that. Um, so that's kind of what got me into it. And then in high school, did the mock trial type stuff. And I was like, okay, because I thought I was going to be a doctor. I did. But then they told me I had no math and science. I was like, oh, no. What what is something else I can do to still make change lives and make money? Um, so got into my child and then just wanted to go to law school. And so people who know me from like school, they can tell you, like, I always stated I was going to law school. I was going to law school. I was going to be a lawyer. Um, so that was something that um, sparked my interest in wanting to be in law school. Um, and then when you get into law school, you get to try all of these things. Um, I liked none of none of the things. I thought I wanted to be a family law attorney. I thought that one, I wanted to do that. And no, it was it was a lot more emotional than I thought. So yeah. I started volunteering at the library here where I was helping entrepreneurs learn how to start businesses. And I was just volunteering and doing it. And I felt so good. And I was like, it was like the light bulb moment. I was like, yeah, this is the thing. This this is the thing. Yep. So it was that. Just volunteering and uh I was literally volunteering because I wasn't fulfilled in my actual position and I started to love what I was doing. That's amazing. That's a bar in and of itself, but we have to talk about that more another time because I could preach a sermon on using your time for free to find your purpose, but people want to tie everything to a dollar. Ooh, so right. 
we're gonna go into that another. But you and you did it. You're proof of that that theory, right? So yeah. Why so, why trademarks though? Why like patents and like that space? I mean, just being honest, the type of people, most majority of the people that I work with look like me, um, and America has a track record of taking our ideas and taking the things that we create and using them and putting someone else's name on it. And so I was finding that that was the space that many of many entrepreneurs didn't understand or didn't know it's like mm -hmm. they launched the llc and they're like i own my business i own my business and it's like you do own a business but there yeah. are still protections in place that you don't have and so that was the space where we just people just did not know they didn't even know to look it up and i was yeah. like okay this is the space where we need more information because they know about llcs they know about taxes they know there were so many things that they just knew but this was not one of those spaces where they understood fully that they need a trademark for their business. Okay. So from a, I mean, like, let's scale it all the way back. What is a trademark? Mm -hmm. How do we conceptualize that? I love that question. Um, so I like to say that a trademark is a receipt. It's a receipt. Mm -hmm. So it shows ownership of something. So when you go and get a home, you get a title to the home, the deed right. to the home. Right. When you own a car, um, you get the title to the car, you own it. Um, when you go to the store to show that you didn't steal anything, you have a receipt that says, I bought these items. A right. trademark is a, a registered trademark is a certificate that you receive that says you own a piece of intellectual property. Um, and so it's just like real estate property, right? That's why the term property is there. The only difference is it is a piece of paper or a certificate or a receipt that says I own something that I created with my mind because intellect is that of the mind. So that's all that a trademark is in layman's terms. It is a piece of paper or a receipt or a certificate that says you own a part of your intellectual property. You must love being a lawyer because I can't imagine defending something that's in somebody's mind. Um, I love being a lawyer. Yes. Um, okay. But honestly, defending something that's in someone's mind truthfully is it's such feel good work. Because when you have someone that many entrepreneurs, again, that I work with, they're first time business owners. They have spent their entire lives trying to build something. And then to have somebody to steal it, oh, yeah, I'm coming with it for my clients. Because we right. know you're not doing that. What you're not about to do is take this, this single mother who's an entrepreneur and she's just trying to make it. And you're going to take her idea, steal it, and claim that it's yours. Right. You know, we're bringing out all the exhibits for that. So, and the reason why I say, like, the reason why I say that is because it's, people can really argue that it was an original idea or that maybe even counter that mm -hmm. their idea was stolen. So when you're creating an idea, how do we initially, what, what stops, controls, or things should we put in place mm -hmm. pre-trademark to make sure that we can say, without a shadow of a doubt, before we get that that certificate that, hey, this was mine, this is what it is, this is what it's used for, and then nobody else can kind of like come and create like a one little twisted version of it and then say it's a whole new thing. You know what I mean? Um, on TikTok, they say it's a big echo, just FYI. They said it's big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to watch the YouTube. But... Um, <laughs> 
I would say pre-trademark, one of the things that you're looking at is, is to use it, right? To use it and to use the brand. Um, as a trademark attorney, it's hard for me to give advice on what to do pre-trademark because right. I would like to train people to that when you have the idea, protect the idea before you launch it, right? Mm. That's that's the that's the right way to do it, right? If we're thinking of right and wrong, what's the best way? Um, the best option is really taking that idea, knowing that you have it, being solidified on it, and then going and getting the trademark before you even tell the world about it, right? Mm -hmm. And that way you can't say anybody stole it from you because you've already, you've shown by filing that application that this is mine, right? So let's say you don't do that. What can you do? Well, one thing you can do is you can use the TM when you start to use a brand name, a slogan, or a logo, right? So TM is putting others on notice that I am using this brand name in an effort to actually go and trademark it, right? Be mm. very weary. Do not use the R, right? Never so use the R unless you have the registered trademark, right? Sure. You can get in trouble for that. And let me also stop really quick. We jump right into this, but... All information that I share here on the Mental Money Podcast is information only. Um, for your own business, you can, should consult your own attorney. This information does not create an attorney-client relationship. It is information only. Okay, now I got that out of the way. Um, but yeah, so you can you can use the TM um, outside of the brand name logo that you're going to use. That's one thing you can do because that shows notice. Um, and you can, you know, you have your LLC, but you can use the brand name, right? You can show when you created the website with the brand name, like, um, because you do have some common law protections, but the amount of money, and this is what I try to get people to understand when it comes to the investment piece, the amount of money and time that is going to take you to try to prove that you use something before someone else, you're probably going to spend three times the amount that it costs just to get a trademark. So while there are things you can do, and there is a host of things in the middle, if you ever get to the position where you have to go hire an attorney yeah. and go to court, because in many states, um, it's different everywhere, but I know here in Arizona, um, you can't represent yourself. So if you want to file something as a business, you can't represent yourself. It's not like criminal law where you can go and say, I'm representing myself. In Arizona, at least, um, you can't represent yourself as a business. You have to hire a lawyer, right? So you're going to hire a lawyer. You're going to have to find exhibits. You're going to have to find evidence. By the time you do all of that to say, I was using it first, you have probably paid for three trademarks. And that's just to get started. You never that's know how the trial can go. Right. So there are things, I would say those two things, right? Put on notice, use the TM, um, you know, use the brand name, you know, have records of when you started using it. Mm -hmm. But the best way is before you even launch your business or your brand name, file a trademark application because there are two types of applications that can be filed and there is one for pre um pre-use of the brand name okay so okay got you so there's one before you even start using the brand name before you start doing anything mm -hmm. what's the one after like after you've already started using it and stuff yeah so um so you wouldn't have to file another one so how it works is there's two types of applications that you can apply for there's one called a 1a application and that just means that you haven't started yet using the brand and there's something called a 1b application and all that means is that you are using the brand so there's one that says you're not there's one that says you are and if you say to the say to them that you're not um once they go through the process you get uh takes a Let's just say that the trademark office is way behind. So these timelines may be 
way off because they're behind. But typically it takes around eight months to 11 months before they review your pre-application and they say, hey, um, we haven't found any issues with your application. So now you have to do what's called a statement of use and it gives you about eight months to start uh, actually using the brand. So even if you file the pre-application when the 1A that says I'm not using it, you have to use it before um, in order to actually get approved. Got you. Okay. But it gives so, you time. Right. Between the like the approval and the actual time you start using the brand, if you need to start making money or generating revenue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So as soon as you as soon as you apply, um, the government is seeing that there is a you know the first it's the first to apply right first to file um, gives you those rights. So as soon as you file that application, if you're ready to launch. You launch. That's what I tell my clients. I'm like, hey, if we file on June 15th, today is June 15th, you go use that brand on June 16th. That's perfectly fine because you filed your application. So you have um, you have a precedence or you have something in place that says where well, I don't have to go and look and say, oh, I did this. No, I can show that on June 15th, 2023, I filed a trademark application that shows that I have used this brand name. That's my proof. Right. Right. Um, And then, of course, you know, there is some laps in there. You got the registration. But for purposes of using it, I always say file the trademark, use the brand. Okay. Would you is this a well, I mean, I'm not asking you to make a recommendation. Would is it wise for people to do this by themselves or or an attorney is the best way to do that? 50%, um, and this is statistically speaking, 50% of applicants who use an attorney have a better chance at getting um, approved. This is what I tell people. Is there, I'm going to tell you, people can DIY just about anything. That's the truth. Um, With the right amount of time, with the right amount of experience, with the right amount of patience, yeah, you can DIY just about anything. And I know a lot of people who have their own trademarks. Why would I recommend an attorney? And it's not just because I am an attorney. The person that reviews your application is not a customer service representative. The Mm. person that reviews your application is a trained trademark attorney. So you are filing an application for an attorney to review it. Mm. And not every brand is made the same. So some trademarks we file, very easy, no pushback. They probably could have filed on their own. You as a layperson don't know if you have an easy brand or a difficult brand. Right. And that's where the trouble comes in because it's usually people online with the easy brand saying, I did it by myself. Yeah, you probably did. And mm. you had a simple brand to get approved. That's right. not everyone's case. I'm still, I'm, I have a client where I've been, I fought three different actions in order to get their brand. And it took two years. And that's some people's stories. So the only way you know that is to file it. So you file it and let's say they give you, um, it's called an office action, but let's say that, and that's just really an objection, right? They've objected to something in your application. You got to make a legal argument at that point. And you only have, they used to give six months and now you have three months. So you as a layperson who do not go to law school have now received an objection and you have to make a argument and they use case law, statutes, and you have to figure that out. So right. now you have that, you are, you're going to have to go hire an attorney to make an argument to get the application. You're going to pay the same amount plus what you've already put in, the time you've already put in to pay it. So we recommend you use an attorney. Um, 
for that purpose alone and ease of service. You know, I tell people all the time, you can cook, but you still go to restaurants. So, (laughs) right. Exactly. You know, some people, I I think that there are some, some people just have a, you know, DIY spirit and I don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with it. But for me, I always draw the line at, even for myself, I'm a lawyer and there, I'm going to hire a lawyer myself to do certain things. I'm not going to represent myself. I just, I just would not, I would hire an attorney. I look at my DIY draw the line is if it takes a license to do it, I probably should hire. Mm -hmm. If it takes years of experience and knowledge to do it, I should probably do it because as a CEO of my company, I got enough to worry about. Right. I think the mentality of a lot of entrepreneurs that really want to be successful, they have to learn the art of delegating. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, you might be can DIY it, but why would you right. when you're not a lawyer? So yeah, it's a it's a yes you can, should you? Statistics say 50% um, more applications get approved. And if you get an objection, you have to make a legal argument using case law and statutes. So Right. No, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Is there a business that like has, well, you kind of mentioned, alluded to the fact that there are some industries that may be easier or others that are more difficult, but is there an idea that like cannot be trademarked? Are there like, when you look at a certain thing, is there like hard and fast, like no one's going to accept this? Okay. Yeah. And I want to just clarify for people who may not understand. So trademarks, let's talk about what So when we talk about intellectual property, there are three types of protections that the government allows. That's a trademark, a copyright and a patent. Okay, And so ideas, right, just the idea, usually the creativity of the idea is is protected by a patent. Right. Mm -hmm. So for trademarks, trademark is the protection of the actual brand. So with a trademark, you are protecting your brand name. You are protecting your brand logo. You are protecting sounds even. Um, You can protect the jingle, right? You know, a commercial jingle with a trademark. You can protect your packaging with the trademark, right? But let's say, so if you have an idea, you will need a trademark for those parts of it. And then for the actual creative idea, you would have a patent that would then protect the idea. So many entrepreneurs may need a trademark, a copyright, and a patent. Um, And some may just need a copyright and a trademark. But no matter what business you have, no matter what industry you're in, you'll need a federal trademark. Not everybody needs all three, but everybody needs a federal trademark. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Thank you for that breakdown. I didn't know that there were like all those three different areas. So Yeah, I have yes, I want to make sure that that's clear so that, you know, when people listen they understand like trademark is just for the brand, right? The branding, um the marketing aspect of what you're doing, that's what you're protecting with the trademark. So then the patent is more like the the intellectual part then. So I get how you're breaking it down. Yes, <laughs> but I, I it's all intellectual it. when you think about it, right? Okay. It's all different parts of intellect because mm-hmm. how do you create the brand name? You had to think about it. You had mm-hmm. to create it. So okay. it's all of the intellect because intellect just means that of the mind. It means I thought right. it and I put it on paper, right? right? So intellectually speaking, for a trademark, I've created a brand name, a logo, a slogan, right? To come up with a jingle for your business, you had to think about it. You had to spend time on it. To come up with your fancy slogan, right? You had to think about it. You had to create it from your mind. So that part of the intellect I protect with a the trademark. Then for a copyright, your ebooks, if you're an author, if you're a choreographer, right? 
you protect that with a copyright. But how did you write a book? You had to think of the information and put it right. on paper, right? right? Same with the patent. So all of these things are technically speaking ideas, but they're different parts of the ideas and they have different ways to protect them. Okay. No, that makes okay. sense. Okay. So speaking of um, copyrights, right? This is one thing that I, I find really interesting being an author because now everyone, there's a lot of content online. People are like, write a book with chat GPT. And I'm just like, I wonder how the copyright laws are going to be impacted now by people producing content and so much of it without there being real intellectual property ish like there's kind of like a gray ai area now so what do you what do you perceive the future of like copywriting to look like based on the ai temperature culture right now oh no i just feel like people are going to get sued um so <laughs> no i'm serious like i, I they it's a, it's a new development um it's a very new development and one of things that is coming out now, um, I just saw a course on it. GPT and um, and copyright, right? Because you type in the same thing, and the and the AI produces a paper for me, and it produces a paper for you. Um, I copy you. I'm sorry. One second. So one I think second. That one second. Sorry, you're 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 cutting like in and out a little bit, so it's a little hard to hear you. Hold on. Okay. I'm just waiting for it to like go back up. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So you were saying that you think people are going to start getting sued. Mm -hmm. Because I do believe that, you know, people are going to use the AI programs. I think they're going to use them to do a variety of different things. Um, and it's going to produce some of the same types of papers. So I think that, let's say I, you know, I've, submit it, right? I get a paper or an article um, and I write, wrote it um, and I go and I produce it, right? I get it copyrighted. Um, I do believe that there is possibility for um, duplication, right? Mm -hmm. It's a new system. I don't think that there is no fleshed out law on it. But what I say is we stick to what we know. We know that copyright law states that if you copy something from someone else, um, you know, you're infringing upon a copyright, right? I can't go and do the same book. So what I recommend for people is there are different types of chat GBT AI programs. And there are some programs that offer sources. I would highly recommend to use them. And I would also not recommend using solely using ChatGPT to create a, a, a document or a book and call it your own because it's not your own. And technically yeah. speaking, that's not of your intellect, right? When we think about intellectual property, I'm creating something of my mind. If the robot created something of its mind, the the question that you have to answer is, is this an original work? Right. And so when you go through the copyright process, you have to say, you have to attest that this is an original work. I created it. Like there's so many different questions. And I, I feel that if you go through that process for copyright and you say that you own all these things and it was original and you lied to a government body, I think there's just going to be room for so much error. So my recommendation, if you are planning to write a book and you use 
ChatGPT as a source to cite that as a source, um, but do not mm-hmm. copyright something solely from someone else's information and call it your own and then go try to get a copyright for it. That's just it's just not honest. One, because yeah. you didn't create it of your own mind, you know. So that would be my recommendation there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I just I see it a lot. And yeah. um, so like I mentioned early to you earlier, we write a lot of grant proposals. We use mm-hmm. I, I encourage the use of ch- things like chat GPT, but you don't have to copyright a proposal. Right. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. But even then, like leaning not to lean too much on it because of that, those very reasons. So very interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I wonder. I still do wonder if like things would change or things develop as like AI really does become like a more normal part of our lives. If the, the laws really catch so. up, you think yeah, so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it will. But I mean, to be honest with you, look at marijuana. You know, we think about marijuana laws mm-hmm. even just in the trademark realm. When I go to file for trademarks for marijuana businesses, we get so much pushback because a lot of the marijuana laws are state based, but yeah. A federal trademark is government based and they still don't see it as a legal thing. And so even just in that realm, um, the trademark office hasn't caught up to that part of the law. We've been passing, you know, marijuana laws in all states, seems like um, for years now. Right. Um, but the government has not. They haven't <laughs> has caught, not caught up. up. Yeah. So I, I can see the the chat. I can see the AI situation, though, being a little bit more predominant i i mean the the laws have to catch up you know because eventually i mean we're writing code we're writing books we're writing scripts who is the owner who is the owner right someone right. has to own it um right. in my opinion right now with the new with the law not being uh up to date i would say um if you create a whole book based off chat gpt or ai i don't think you own it I wouldn't say you created that of your own intellect. That would be my opinion. You know what? I'm going to call it. It might be a good idea to start working with prompt engineer, not you particularly, but lawyers in your space, or maybe if it's something you want to entertain, to start working with prompt engineers to see if they can copyright their original prompts, because that's the intellectual Mm -hmm. part. And... um, I'm not even going to talk about it, bro. Don't even worry about it. That was on the house. <laughs> I got a bunch of good ideas. Just ask my community. They'd be like, oh, girl, yes. I got you. Don't even I worry like about it. I like that one. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good one. It might be worth exploring because mm-hmm. it's going to be a thing. It's definitely going to be a thing. So, um, yeah. All right. Good. So, anything else that you think we should know as far as, like, the trademark space like it's i know it's a big it's a big elephant to like kind of chop down into small pieces but what else should we really know or understand as far as like a business what if we don't have a trademark and someone does the liar deal what happens then okay so you asked me two questions i'm gonna answer both and i think it's really good so the first thing i'm gonna answer the latter first so if someone does infringe that's the you know words so they steal it right they steal your brand name um or they're using something that you have filed this is how we look at it if someone takes something from you that you don't own they didn't steal it from you you gave it to them Mm -hmm. 
in all actuality. Now, like I stated, there are common law things. Yes, you can try and prove that you used it first, but there is something when you have to go to court called the word is standing. And then the question mm -hmm. then becomes, do I have standing in court to, to make this matter? Um, if I do have standing, you know, there's so many elements to not owning the brand. Mm -hmm. um, but what we recommend is if you don't have a federal trademark, you don't own your brand. You mm -hmm. don't. You just don't. Right. Can mm. you make an argument, a common law argument? Yes, but you'll have to go to court to try to make that argument. If someone is stealing your brand name and you don't have a federal trademark, there is no cease and desist letter that's going out, at least not from my law firm. There is no, um, you know, we're about to go and try to fight them and, you know, demanding and any of that stuff if there is not a um, an actual trademark in place. Right. Um, that's just for me. There are firms who go and do the common law and all of that. But to me, if you didn't take the time to protect your brand and someone now is using it. Now, what I would recommend is like someone's using it, but they don't own the trademark for it either. I would say you need to go trademark your brand ASAP. Right. Immediately. Yeah. You've been using mm -hmm. it, you need to go trademark it ASAP. Right. So there are things that can be done. Right. You can try to fight common law and say first use. Right. You can um, send a cease and desist letter to try and get them to stop. Um, you can't even depending on you know what it is. There may even be a cease and desist slash demand letter in there um, if you know that they're making revenue off of your idea. Um, but again, without it being registered. That has its limits. So the main thing to take away from that is own your brand through a federal trademark. Okay. Right. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the biggest thing is to own it with a federal trademark. And then I'll say the top three things that I feel entrepreneurs should know in the trademark space is that each part of your brand is a different trademark application. So if you have a logo, that's one trademark. If you have a brand name, that's two trademarks. If you have a slogan, that's three trademarks. Right. If you want your packaging, that's four trademarks. So. A lot of entrepreneurs in that realm think that, oh, my logo has my name in it. So if I just trademark that, I own my name and my logo. Right. No. If mm. A logo is a picture. If you file the logo, even if the name is in the logo, you don't own the name of your brand. You just own the logo. So you'll need a trademark for the logo and you'll need a trademark for the name, regardless if the name is in the logo or not. That's the biggest misconception that I get. Because they're like, why do I need two? And I'm like, because you have a name and you have a logo and they're not the same. Um, so that's number one. Then number two would be um, making sure that entrepreneurs understand that when it comes to trademarks, that, um, oh, that it is always a great idea to own your trademark with your business and not your personal name. Some mm. people do it that way. And, and these are the, the tidbits that when you file it on your own, you may not know. Right. Mm. So to own it, because a trademark is an asset, you can sell mm. it, you can license yeah. it, you can make money off of a trademark. Yeah. So if you're trademarking your brand name, it should be a business asset. It should be owned by a business asset, meaning your LLC should then own or the nonprofit or whatever entity you have should own the trademark. Because, again, you are creating a business asset and you would not want personal liability to then come into play. So even right. on the trademark side of things, you want to own your trademark with your business.
right? Mm -hmm. That's number two. And then the last one, the last one, just in case someone out there does want to, you know, try it on their own. The one of the easiest ways to get your trademark denied is to apply for a trademark in the wrong class or industry. So the trademark office has a list, um, TM, tmng.gov. Um, and in that website, you can look at all of the classifications and all of the different things that the trademark office can say that you can classify, right? So if you sell t-shirts, you would classify yourself as a 025. However, that's if you sell the shirt. If you, or if you are a manufacturer of shirts, you would be in a totally different class. But mm. they both will say shirts, but you will have to know, well, wait, am I this shirt or am I that shirt? And if you classify yourself as a manufacturer of a shirt, but when in all actuality, you just sell shirts, but you don't actually have the press, you don't make the shirt, you could get your application denied because your 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 evidence that you submit may not show that you do the thing that you said. So properly classifying your trademark application is huge in making sure that you even get to the next step in the application process. Um, there's a ton of things, but those would be my top three things that I see the most. And I got to throw in a fourth, of like a 3A is the okay. brand name, right? The brand wait, I'm sorry. That's such a lawyer thing of you to do. You didn't have to look like that. I'm so sorry. Oh, three, no. Subsection A. <laughs> All right. That way I'm not lying when I said three because it's like three A. So then, okay, anyway. But um, that would be the actual name. So okay. that's where people get the biggest objections, denials, refusals, whatever you want to call it, is the actual brand name that you have. Um, you asked earlier about the industry. It's not so, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you choose a brand name that is too generic, that is too common, that is too descriptive, it just describes what you do. I sell cakes and I'm cake lady. No, Period. right? Mm -hmm. So the actual brand name that you choose for your business has to set you apart from all the other trademarks that are out there. And it has to be specific enough to where the government says, oh, I can see how you can literally own this lane where we won't let anybody else take from it, right? So your brand name has to be specific. It has to be detailed enough. And you can't just be simple. The biggest, um, the easiest, I guess, example I like to provide is when you think of Apple. Apple is a cell phone company. But if Apple was an Apple company, they would not own the trademark Apple. Why? Is you just saying you're an Apple? That is too generic. You can't you can't coin that. You can't say you can't set yourself apart from Apple's saying that you're an Apple company. So why are they able to get the word Apple as a trademark? Is because of the classification is a technology, and clearly that's a play on words. We know that when yeah. we pick up a cell phone, that's not an Apple. So it's right. so specific. It's so distinctive that that can set them apart from other companies. But if they were an Apple company, it would not set them apart. So when you're thinking of your brand name, yes, cute names are great. But that name has to be able to be owned or you're, you're again, wasting your time marketing a brand name that can't even be trademarked. There are some people operating their businesses with names that can't even be trademarked, but they'll never know if they don't go through the process. Interesting. Okay, so that's my three A. That's all. That's what I have. Okay, no, that's a good three A. That's a good three A. That's a strong. Okay, okay. 
Solid 3A. Solid 3A. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, no, you got that. I was thinking about another question. Um, okay, so like, let's say for example, I mean, I, I guess you could go through the example wheelhouse forever, right? But mm -hmm. if you are, let's forget it because I know I could, that question is going to be crazy. <laughs> Let me just skip over that one. I could ask you that another time. So for example, give us, give us, a, a rundown of what's happening with is this Stevie Wonder's estate who's always suing somebody for something? This is some musician, black older musician, that estate is always in court mm -hmm. over like some, some because they have good lawyers. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, I'm sure. So they have good lawyers. So this is the thing. Um, people uh like to use uh people who have uh celebrities and people who passed away, you'll see people make foundations and use the likeness of these celebrities. Mm. And it's illegal. I mean, just that right, it's illegal, it's infringement. And so, and and what I, what I love about what you said is they're always in court. Always. When you care about your brand, when you care about your business, you fight for it. I tell my entrepreneurs mm. all the time, you treat your business like you would as a baby. You birth something into this world. You protect it as you would a child. If somebody keep coming after your child and coming after your child, you're going to be in court all the time too. Because yeah. what you're not going to do is play about your baby. And right. when you protect your business so that nobody else, what they're doing is they're preventing people from leeching off of their greatness. Mm. And that's what you have to be in the business of doing. They did not, because... They started from nothing too, right? They were just a mom and pop or a, a beginner business as well. And so now they have notoriety and fame and people think, oh, well, y'all got money already. So let me just take from your, your pot. No. So yeah. yeah, so it's what's really going on is that people are running out of creative ideas. And so they're going and stealing it and taking it from celebrities and famous people and thinking just because they're famous that they're not going to know you over in little, little Georgia um, because you only got uh, 5,000 followers. No, they scour the internet and they scour social media and they have alerts on their systems. Their attorneys have alerts that says somebody filed. They literally have alerts that say someone searched your name today, right? That's how much they care about their brand. I have alerts on my brand too. I know when someone searches me on Google. I know yeah, when someone is, you, you know, you have those kind of things, yeah. but they have them 10X, right? 10X. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I would say the question is what's really going on? They're protecting their brand. Yeah. Everything they have every vigor they have because when they pass away for their legacy to live on, they have to. And also, once you get a trademark, once you own something, if you don't protect it, if you don't continue to um, show the government that you um, are using it or anything like that, you can use lose the rights to it. So mm -hmm. they're doing what they're supposed to do, and they will probably continue to sue people um, as long as people continue to try and use their brand. That's funny because I I literally titled like whenever you get and create a new um like dashboard or like this mm -hmm. area here mm -hmm. whenever you create a new studio it asks you mm -hmm. what you want to name it and I put business law protect your neck <laughs> I love that <laughs> I love that no that's that's the one okay I think I think I'm full I ate well okay that served a nice meal I hope so I feel like I was you know. Not given enough, but I hope that it was something to take away because trademark. I'm so passionate about people protecting what they what they work hard for, right. um, and just leaving it up for grabs is just like okay, y'all, we gotta we gotta figure this out. So um, it's important. It's an important you know part of business. Let's ask a question because I know I'm I'm a finance girly. I'm in I, I deal with money all day long, okay. right? <laughs> so 
And I'm always thinking about like operating costs and businesses typically have Mm -hmm. very little capital when they're first starting. Right. So to them, hiring or retaining a lawyer always just seems like this really big expense. Can you Mm -hmm. help us? I mean, and granted, you've already made a point that um, it's going to be more costly on the back end. Right. So the the ends don't justify the means in this situation. However, what is a price range? for what mm-hmm. something like this could run. Of course, I know it's going to depend on the attorney and the state and yeah. bunch of things, but what is a good range? I would say a good range is 1300 to about 4000 And that's um, and that's including the logo, the name, the everything. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It typically I don't, I mean, I don't know, but I've never met um, an attorney who charged by what it is, right? I think Mm -hmm. that it's more on the attorney, the experience, the state, um, and then the type of business, right? I deal with a lot of startups. So for me, Mm -hmm. our range is 1500 to 3500. That's our specific range for our law firm. Yeah. Right. We deal with startups and we know our market and the average um, and they can get grants for these types of things. And it's also um, a tax deduction. Right. So with educating them on, oh, OK, this is an investment situation. Fifteen hundred to thirty five hundred is about where we are on our range. Um, mm-hmm. But I've seen less and I've seen a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Silicon Valley, if you're in the tech industry and you're out in California, you could easily pay $4,000, $5,000 for one sure. trademark. And, um, you know, I think that's a big part of a part of the industry is that people don't realize like tech industries and things like that. Um, you're really going to pay more. Right. Mm-hmm. And depending on the area. And typically up there, they are dealing with more people that are advanced, you know, entrepreneurs with multiple, you know, multiple trademarks and things like that. that they need. Right. So, no, that's very fair. So. What's I going to ask you? Why am I having a brain fart? I was like so engaged with what you were saying. My question evaded me. <laughs> because you're oh. full. I know, right? I'm already full. That's why, because I don't need nothing else for real. So you said that entrepreneurs can get grants for that. I'm happy that you said that because that's kind of like the space where we're existing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in my light, in my mind, whenever we're looking for funding for grants, what would you say the justification for, how would you help an entrepreneur frame the question for justifying the cost related to trademarking in a proposal or a grant application? Like if you, if you're using that as like a nine item in your budget or you're putting that as like one of the costs that you want to put down. Um, ownership brand, uh, business ownership. Um, I would probably say ownership or, um, even business growth advancement, Mm -hmm. um, definitely advancement and growth because I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs in the, um, food space. And so Mm -hmm. I have some entrepreneurs who want to be on the shelves, right? They want to take their products and they want to actually put them on the shelves of Target. Their requirements is for you to actually own your trademark. So if you're selling your candles and you have an online store, but then you want to actually go to shelves, um, a lot of these big box businesses, Target, Walmart, Amazon, um, they require for you to actually show that you own your actual brand. So that could be advancement, that could be business growth, that could be business development. Um, there's a few different ways you can word it um, to where it can be approved um, in a grant. But I, I think the biggest thing is going to be um, the business growth development yeah. space because. 
I mean, you can't you can't put it in some of these stores without owning it. Without owning it. No, that makes plenty of sense. Perfect. So is, are there specific grants for trademarks or are you just saying like at, in a general sense? No. So in a general sense, I know that there are grants, but there are um, maybe not the bigger boxes, but I know a lot of trademark attorneys who actually give out grants. I know a lot of nonprofits um, for entrepreneurs who give out uh, grants specifically for intellectual property. So, yes. I would look up intellectual property grants. There are. They may be on the smaller scale, you know, yeah. 1500 3500 things like that. But that's enough to get you in the door. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, there's a lot of companies. Our company as well, we give out, we do uh, free trademark grants at least twice a year, right? We do one at the beginning, we do one at the end. Um, so I would tell entrepreneurs, make sure you're following multiple trademark attorneys, right? Mm -hmm. um, if this is your first time hearing from a trademark attorney, go and look up the hashtag trademark attorneys, follow a few of them, um, and then get in their ecosystem and start seeing how you can um, elevate yourself. Because there are a lot of entrepreneurs who want, but they can't afford, right? Yeah. Um, their budget isn't right there. But that's not an excuse. There is so much free money out here. There yeah. is no excuse as to why as an entrepreneur, you just have to get up and get it. Yeah, period. I appreciate that so much. Could you tell us about your community, please? Your your budding community. Yes. Um, so we are um, a new community, the whole CEO. Um, it's a business community. And what we are doing in the community is we are teaching entrepreneurs how to get ready for some of these bigger uh, expenses. For instance, um, I have a lot of entrepreneurs who come to me and they're like, I want to work with an attorney. And then we look at what they need. And really what they need is a business coach um, or really what they need is just some information and some of them outside of just needing a trademark right once they finish with that they have a trademark and many of them don't know what to do with it it's like i have a trademark and it's like that's great because i want you to own it but they have no idea what to do on the tax side of it they have no idea what to do with the actual business or how to make it make money for them Right. Um, so our business community is an educational community um, where we have three principles, love, health and wealth, where we are creating what's called the whole CEO, where we are teaching entrepreneurs how to actually run a business, how to actually make money in the business and then how to take care of the actual CEO through mental wellness um, and mindset. Right. So we have licensed therapists. We have tax professionals. We have uh, attorneys. Um, we even have an actual uh, bodybuilder uh, fitness coach on in on the okay. coaching team for a what to create a well-rounded CEO. So mm -hmm. that's what it is. We have fun and we do a lot of learning and teaching. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna make sure to link that below. And you have like a promo code for us, yes? Yes, it's whole CEO23. All right. Awesome. I'm going to make sure to use that as well. Thank yes. you so, so much for coming on. I, Like I said, I'm full. I learned so much. Um, I just realized a lot that we need to talk about. <laughs> right. Um, otherwise, um, I'll see you guys next time. Hopefully All you right. learned that your business is vulnerable if you yes. the next and um, if you need help. I'm assuming Felicia will be available to assist. Felicia right. is available to assist um, for my law firm. You can find me at the Rigsby Law Firm, um, PLLC. I'm the Rigsby Law Firm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, website, RigsbyLawFirm.com. Um, and then to join our business community, it is the whole CEO. And we would love to have you. So thank you for this space. And thank you for having me on. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll be sure to link all of that below as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. 
Thank you for tuning in to Mental Money, where we've explored the transformative power of mindset in your financial journey. Remember, your potential knows no bounds. Now it's time to take action. Start by subscribing to our podcast to never miss an empowering episode. Join our vibrant community of minority women in business by following us on social media. Connect with like-minded individuals, share your story, and gain exclusive insights to fuel your success. Visit our website, mentalmoneypodcast.com, for valuable resources, show notes, and bonus content. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us grow and reach even more ambitious women like yourself. Together, let's break barriers, shatter glass ceilings, and rewrite the rules of success. Keep empowering your mindset and remember, with mental money, your financial future is limitless.